Yo, what is going on, baby? Nathan Kennedy, The New Money Podcast, episode 54, coming to you guys on a Wednesday. So I really hope you are enjoying your week. Really quick, guys, obviously the audio sounds different and it's because it is. I'm out of town uh, for longer than I thought I'd be, but that's okay. Life happens, Uh, but we still got to get this episode up. So it is what it is. Really quick, guys, this show is now sponsored by Wealth Simple. I announced it earlier this week and I'm so, so pumped. Uh, Such a big fan and I always recommend them to new and experienced investors alike. The interface and navigation are absolutely incredible. They have several products, but two of my favorites are Wealthsimple Trade and Wealthsimple Invest. Wealthsimple Trade is a commission-free platform where you can buy stocks and ETFs absolutely free of charge. Wealthsimple Invest is a robo-advisor where they do all the work for you. You just have to put the money in. Obviously, they charge a little bit more for that, but it's quite a good service. So check out the show notes for the links to get started with either one. I really, really recommend them. Also, I want to give a shout out to Grit Labs. Do you live in the GTA area? Do you want to be more active, but you can't find the motivation to go alone? Or do you go, but those workouts just aren't as intense? Grit Labs is a group fitness bootcamp style training with energy and intensity like I've never seen before. It's also such a loving and welcoming environment, family type environment. So really encourage you guys to try out Grit Labs one week free trial at www.gritlabs.ca, or you could just check out my show notes and click that link as well. Okay, so for today's episode, I actually had the chance to sit down with Kiana Danielle, who is a cryptocurrency expert, expert, who actually wrote the Cryptocurrency for Dummies book, um, you know, the For Dummy series. We've all seen those books. Well, she wrote the one on cryptocurrency. So she's got a wealth of knowledge that I learned a ton from during the episode. And I know you guys are going to learn from it as well. Uh, I think it's really interesting to, you know, look at different asset classes and different sort of investments and things like that. Uh, and we also talk about general investing and all kinds of great stuff, value packed. Um, so I'm really, really pumped to bring this one to you. Uh, but enough about me blabbering on. Let's just dive on into it, baby. Kiana, how's it going? Going well. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you uh, so much for coming on the show today. Of course. I'm excited. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to be. First of all, like, how are you keeping up with things? I mean, it's, it's a crazy time. I like to ask everybody. That's the first question. Uh, you know, how are you in general? I am good. My personality has changed thanks to COVID. I think it was kind of a survival thing that my I don't know, my mentality kind of did. I used to be super social. I would get like depressed if I didn't go out. But now I've become completely the opposite. I do not want to go out. I would prefer to stay home. So I think I kind of evolved to survive during COVID. So it's interesting. Right, right, for sure. And it's it's definitely, I mean, that's for the better, right? Because it doesn't seem like um, it's 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 going it's like a new way of life right it's not really a phase or anything like that uh so we kind of need to adapt but uh really quick guys uh kiana i you know i'm honored to have you on uh you know an author uh, an emerging social media mega influencer in my opinion uh so really quick just kind of uh take me through your sort of um your background uh where you went to school your uh you know your career and things like that and and uh you know how you kind of found yourself into, you know, the social media is in that. Right. So um, quickly, I was born and raised in Iran. I went to school to study electrical engineering in Japan. And then I came to the U.S. to work on Wall Street in New York. So that's a quick version. And um, the reason why I came to New York is because I became passionate, interested, actually, about 
the market crash in 2008, which accidentally made me some money while everybody else was, was losing money. And I decided to come to New York and see what Wall Street is all about. And I became increasingly interested in personal finance, investing, trading, things that I was not brought up with because I was mainly brought up in a very academic family where, you know, academia is good, but money is bad. And I quickly learned that they can both be good. You can have knowledge and you can have money. There is no shame in that. So I did a lot of personal development, studying, and um, actually experimenting with things on my own, published a few books, and um, then I really became passionate to help other women start their own financial journey. So um, I had to now learn about marketing and everything. So that's how uh, the social media came handy. And I finally kind of, I feel like I finally got it. I finally last year got how to work social media. So right after it, eight years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely a, a big adjustment, I'm sure. So I, I kind of just want to dive into to your story a bit. So you said um, in, in, oh wait, you kind of made some money on accident. Did you, how? I'm just curious. <laughs> so, you know, 2008, I was in Japan and the markets were crashing, financial crisis, right? I did not know what a financial crisis means. But all I heard was that because of it, the U.S. dollar is getting cheaper versus Japanese yen. Now that I understood because I was in Japan, I had Japanese yen, the currency. And I was like, oh my God, if I ever want to go to the U.S., maybe I should buy some U.S. dollar now at a cheaper price. And um, I was going to the ATM every day. The price was dropping. I was like, when is it going to hit the low? I want to buy at the cheapest price. And I became savvy about it. I was talking about it to one of my friends. I'm like, yeah, how do I know what price to buy it at? Like, I want to buy it at the cheapest, cheapest price. And she was like, well, you know what? You can actually not only buy it at the cheapest price, you can even make money on top of it by exchanging it. I'm like, what are you talking about? So she created an account for me with a Forex broker. I had no idea what she was doing. And she put me on leverage and she did all these things. One month and I, I transferred $10,000 worth of Japanese yen into it. One month and I doubled my money, $10,000 on top of it. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's August, 2008, September. So dollar yen from, went from, I guess, 120 to 96 or something like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. How did that happen? Like, I have no idea what happened. And that is what sparked the interest in me understanding the world of trading. For sure. And so... Um... To kind of take me through that evolution, I mean, you, you said you started off, so Forex, if I'm not mistaken, um, what's your evolution um, as, as an investor been since then? I mean, it's uh, it's been a hell of a run uh, up until recently, but we're kind of back to where we were. Um, so kind of take me through how, you know, you started to uh, dip your toe in and, and you saw what, um, you know, investing in, in some respects can do for you. Take me through that sort of evolution for you. Sure. So I started out, yes, with Forex. That was my first love, if you will. And then when I came to New York, that is where I got a job. I got a job at a Forex broker. I packed my bags. I'm like, I'm going to New York and I'm going to find a job in finance. And that was the first job I got. And um, so it was interesting because when I was working at the Forex broker, I realized it's kind of shady. 
and the brokers are kind of shady. And thank God I got fired from that broker that is no longer actually in business in the US. Um, but so that kind of got me, got my eyes open to the dark side of finance and trading. And I now knew there was money to be made, but I also knew that there are people out there to get you. So I went on a journey of a lot of self-study, self-learning. After I got fired, I studied for the certified financial planning degree. I studied for chartered market technician, CFA, all these C-level stuff. And my goal wasn't really to become a money manager. My goal was to learn about these things. And after I dove into those, I realized it's actually not as hard as they make it sound. And I was a complete newbie and I was understanding, and English isn't even my first language. It's like my third language. And I was understanding, I was getting it. And I started experimenting with things um, that I got kind of a freelancer job on New York Stock Exchange. I started reporting on the markets and then I started trading a little bit more. Then I lost a little bit of money. Then I went back. So it was, it's been a, a hell of a ride, but long story short, I went from Forex to stocks, to cryptocurrency, to really now what my passion is when it comes to teaching and not really investing is personal finance. So personally, what I invest in right now, I no longer trade Forex. I don't think it's worth the time, but I invest in growth and value stocks. I also invest in some select cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin. And my goal on the business side, on the entrepreneurship side is to help other women do the same, but do it wisely, not like just jump in the markets like I did and just lose a bunch of money. I'm basically helping them shortcut what I did in the past 10 years and do it in eight weeks. So that is what I've evolved me. You can, you can call me an investment coach, I guess. So <laughs> that's what I am. That, that's incredible. That's incredible. And I feel like um, we all have our sort of like evolution as investors, as, as you start to pick up different things, you learn different asset classes. Um, and one of the ones that you just mentioned are, is cryptocurrency. And I kind of want to ask a few questions about that. So, um, there's a lot of buzz I mean, there was a ton of buzz maybe about two years around, you know, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, and, um, at least in the mainstream side, it, it's kind of, kind of receded back. It's not really talked about as much in the mainstream anymore. Um, Kind of give me your give me your take. I, I believe you wrote one book on cryptocurrency, correct? Or multiple? Yes. Right? So I wrote so it's cryptocurrency investing for dummies. It's for the for dummy series, but then they had some spin-offs because it did, it did very well. They have some handbooks on it too. So they made some some different versions of it. Right. My back you can see. But um so as a person who has been in the media talking about cryptocurrency, I can tell you that you're absolutely correct. So 2012 to 2016, when there was a ton of buzz, they were just covering it because it was just going up. And that created more and more and more and more hype, which resulted in Bitcoin just prematurely, um, really the price go up to the almost $20,000 and inevitably it dropped. Um, that was just pure hype because of the media. And then when it dropped, when it was actually a good time to buy, of course, media pushed back, pulled back, pulled away. They stopped talking about it only. And I, I'm like, for 
some of the TV channels, I'm actually one of their cryptocurrency people. Anytime they call me, it's only if Bitcoin price is going up. They would never call me if Bitcoin price is going down, which is on the, you're, it's not, Anyway, so that's why sometimes it's not the best to listen to the media because when the price is going up, it's actually not the best time to buy. The best time to buy is actually when the price is going down. But again, the price was going up yesterday and they called me up to go on Fox Business tomorrow. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go on Fox Business tomorrow. So, but before that, nobody was calling me for like, <laughs> like 10, right. six months. So that's, um, so that's the media on Bitcoin. But the good thing is, well, I'm a believer in Bitcoin. I do think that it has really um, potential to become a real, I mean, it already is a store of value. And I believe that its price is going to go higher. It's just that people need to really understand it and understand the market sentiment behind it because it is very volatile. People sometimes get into it for the wrong reasons just because they hear about it somewhere, but they don't actually know what they're doing. They don't have a wallet, a crypto wallet. Like they don't have the necessity, the necessary um, equipment to actually invest in cryptocurrency and be safe and uh, things like that. So yeah, that's the reason why I actually wrote the book after the crash. So people don't get into it without any knowledge. For sure. So with Bitcoin, so from my understanding, I've heard that some people talk about it and, and other experts and things like that. I'm I'm very peripheral on, on this. I I'm, I kind of just have my ear to the ground, but I'm I'm not currently. I don't have a position or anything. I used to, um, and then you know, obviously, I ate it like everybody else when it <laughs> came down. And so uh, it is what it is. But um, I I do I'm really interested in like the underlying technology, uh, like blockchain and things like that. And I've heard that Bitcoin um, could be the first of many. Um, more evolved versions of it um, using that sort of um, technology. So um, really, I, again, you know, you're literally the author on cryptocurrency for dummies. <laughs> like, dumb it down for us. What is blockchain and, and how and why are people so bullish on it? Why are or why aren't people bullish on it? I guess both. Why would they and why wouldn't it be? Right. Good question. So Bitcoin, blockchain technology, you nailed it. That is the underlying technology uh, under Bitcoin. So whoever created Bitcoin wanted it to be um, an example of how blockchain can be used. So for example, it's kind of, Bitcoin to blockchain is like email to the internet, right? Email is a byproduct of the internet. Similarly, Bitcoin is a byproduct of the blockchain technology. The person, well, they call themselves Satoshi Nakamoto, nobody knows who he is. Um, who created this concept. He wasn't the inventor of the concept, but he brought it into life uh, with Bitcoin, wanted to showcase how blockchain can be used. And Bitcoin is a byproduct, is a, crypto, is, is a currency that can be created on the blockchain technology. And it's basically kind of like Internet 2.0, where data can be stored and be safe. And uh, you kind of can, it's, it's a ledger. What blockchain is, is a ledger of data um, kind of clipped together and there are so many different ways that you can utilize it. You can utilize it publicly, you can utilize it privately. Now, a lot of companies are using blockchain in their companies, um, in their systems, uh, either even if they are private. So blockchain is now used everywhere and they like there is no denying, like nobody, even people who are bearish on Bitcoin, they're not denying the fact how of how powerful the blockchain technology is. And then we have Bitcoin, which is the first, which was the first byproduct of blockchain. And we 
could see exactly how blockchain can work with even a currency. And people who are bullish on Bitcoin, basically what they are saying is that, well, obviously it has an underlying technology, which is blockchain. But the reason why there are, the reason why it has so much hype around it is because it's a currency that is not, not backed by any government. It's not backed by any centralized entity. And we are living in really weird times where everybody is just kind of tensioned up. No matter which side of the aisle you are when it comes to politics, you are tensed up. Like people are demonizing each other on both sides. Like there's us versus them and this and that. And people are fed up. And um, and, and that's just in the U.S. So back from where I'm from in, 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 in Iran, this happened 40 years ago. So I'm experiencing it again in, in the U.S. But <laughs> so we had a revolution. I wasn't born then, but before I was born, there was a revolution in Iran that, you know, people kind of tensed up and they over, overthrew their government, the Shah. And um, so what happened is that the new government who was promising the world to the people uh, took over all of my dad's assets and froze his bank account. And they just did it. It was a revolution. There was like, you know, chaos and they froze his bank account. And when I learned about Bitcoin, I was like, oh my gosh, if my dad has had even like a fraction of his assets in something like Bitcoin, which is not connected to a government entity, the government would not have been able to freeze his bank accounts. It's like yours. It's decentralized. And that to me was very powerful. And that's why Bitcoin is getting so much attention, not only in the US, but across the world globally. Like, you know, think about sanctions again. So I'm Iranian, but I'm also Jewish. So it's very weird. So for example, um, you cannot send money from Iran to Israel because they are enemies, but you can send Bitcoin from Iran to Israel. <laughs> <laughs> no government is going to track that. So it's, there's this level of freedom when it comes to cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, especially Bitcoin, because it's not centralized. There is nobody, we literally don't know who's behind it. Uh, other cryptocurrencies that, that have come arise since Bitcoin, they're optimized for different things. They have their own different pur purposes. Bitcoin for me, it's kind of like gold. It's like gold 2.0. It's a store of value. Then we have other cryptocurrencies that can be you know, used for transactions. There are so many different uh, options. So, um, I, I, did that make sense? Was that like the Absolutely. crash course on no, 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 no. That I was. I'm fascinated. I, like literally. Um, so when we when we think of um, Bitcoin and, and other cryptocurrencies like I guess Ethereum, Litecoin, and, and all the coins, um, you know, for for the average investor, for maybe somebody listening to this early 20s, they're just getting started with investing. You know, what do you consider? Uh, cryptocurrency to be? Do you think it's one of those high risk, high reward assets where it should be a, a sort of like a sliver or a small portion of your portfolio? Or do you think that with with enough research and um, sort of expertise, you could, uh, you know, invest a sizable position with relative certainty uh, that it, it'll go up over the long term? I, I mean, what what are you, what's your sort of, um, you know, with with maybe your, your students and things like that? What, what's your sort of uh, philosophy with that? Right. So that's a very interesting question. So Bitcoin is tricky and cryptocurrency is tricky because there are a lot of scammers out there who can come and lure you into doing some very risky stuff like day trading, 
That I do not recommend. Don't day trade cryptocurrencies. There are so many, like even every time I do a YouTube video on Bitcoin, I get so many bots like coming and commenting, oh, come trade crypto with like who and who. Don't do that. Um, Bitcoin, in my opinion, is actually low risk as long as you actually know what you're doing and as long as you have the information about it. Um, at this point, and this, again, I'm one of those people because I've done the studies, I kind of feel like, not feel like, but my valuation for Bitcoin in the next five to 10 years is that I think its price is going to go up to $100,000. So even though it's risky, if you don't know anything about it, if you don't know how to secure your Bitcoin, if you don't know where to buy it, if you don't know how to stay away from scammers, it's, it's going to be super risky for you. But once you nail those down, um, I think people, I, I recommend, not recommend, but I personally have, <laughs> let's put it that way. <laughs> I have a cryptocurrency portfolio yeah. and I'm more heavily in, in, invested in Bitcoin and I'm planning to buy more Bitcoin, especially if its price goes further down. I kind of missed out again, uh, but um, I'm hoping it's going to go back down. But it comes to your disciplines, comes down to not falling for the FOMO and fear and hype. Because right now that we're talking, we're recording this today, Bitcoin price is actually going up. Now everybody's excited and interested about it. Today, I'm not buying Bitcoin. I'm going to wait for it to drop again and I'm going to buy then. So because Bitcoin is very volatile, it's very, very easy to fall for emotions and manage your portfolio out of emotions again and not strategy and because it's a little bit unknown like it's not like a stock or a company that you can go and look at it and like look up the ceo you cannot do that about bitcoin so you are gonna you're you're gonna become a lot more emotional if something bad happens and um so right now with my students that's kind of basically my my role i'm like I'm the emotional manager of my students' portfolios. I'm like, don't panic, don't sell. So when they buy Bitcoin drops, I'm like, oh, I'm like, no, don't panic, keep on buying. When it goes up, I'm like, no, don't buy, hold on. So if you know what you're doing, I think um, it's a very interesting um, allocation to your portfolio. So part of my portfolio and my dad's portfolio and my sister's portfolio, thanks to me, is Bitcoin. They don't know anything about it. I've been buying it for them. But um, I would re strongly recommend that you learn about it first be before you actually start buying. Absolutely. And, and I couldn't agree more. You definitely want to be informed as you invest in something. You put your hard-earned money into something. So, you know, you kind of touched on um, the, the volatility of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. When we talk about like index funds or exchange traded funds or even stocks, you know, a lot of people... Um, you know, they hedge their bets by dollar cost averaging and, and just buying it once a month, same amount, whatever, and, and just kind of riding the wave and not really paying, uh, not trying to time the market. You know, time in the market is better than timing the market, that, that sort of adage, right? Do you see the same thing in Bitcoin or is this a whole different beast? Would you suggest that somebody, if they want to start, they should just put periodic amounts or is there sort of a, more of a skill um, to, to um, timing those uh, dips uh, as uh, as opposed to you know the stock market where more often than not it's probably best you just consistently get in there 
So uh, I actually have to say about dollar cost averaging, while it's a great strategy if you really don't know what you're doing and mm -hmm. you don't want to be involved at all, I personally, even for my stocks and index funds, I do take it a step further. I don't try to time the market, but I do try to price the market. Right. And um, so instead of just doing it once a month on a certain date, I do look at the price. I do look at the prices. And if I, after I do my analysis, and I'm talking about any asset, not cryptocurrency, not even just stocks, but any asset that I want to invest in, I do... Um, follow technical analysis because what's interesting is that you know it never fails history does repeat itself and what goes up must come down and um i, I do do that even with stocks so how i manage my portfolio is that i have the certain amount of cash flowing into my account every month and um instead of just blindly just putting it across my portfolio I actually go and see if today, if that day is the right day to, to buy, because it could be an all-time high day. And I kind of don't want to buy an all-time high. I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of cheap. So I do want to look for sales. So right. within that month, I try to create, to um, discover and identify the key psychological levels that I believe the price could drop to and uh, set my buy limit orders at different levels and uh, buy my way down. So that's my strategy for stocks. And that's also my strategy for Bitcoin. Now, sometimes because I do this, there is obviously risk in this. Sometimes because I do this, I miss out on buying altogether because yes, I might have done, read the markets wrong and the market never pulls back and I miss out on buying. Um, in which case, well, I have to go and buy at a higher, higher price. But more often than not, I'm willing to take this risk because I've seen more often than not that when it when the markets are rushing up, uh, it'll come down and I'd rather buy it. And Bitcoin is the same. Bitcoin is actually incredibly um, uh, current with the um, with technical analysis and market price actions. And um, because we have so much data on it now and we have so much history on how much it goes up and then how much it crashes, and Bitcoin is incredibly volatile. So um, yeah, again, I applied the same exact strategy to my Bitcoin, but the interesting thing is, even if you did dollar cost averaging every single month from 2017 uh, until 2019, when Bitcoin's price went from $20,000 to $3,000, you would still be up by a lot today. So even dollar cost averaging Bitcoin is better than not investing in Bitcoin or any other assets. So dollar cost averaging is great strategy if you really don't know anything. If you wanted to step it up a notch, I do recommend um, technical analysis. For sure, and, and that's very fair. And I um, typically, when I when I whenever I talk to it, I just always I I tend to dollar cost average because I think it's just it makes it more effortless it makes it more automated but i totally understand that you know you value investing technical analysis like those are very um viable things uh absolutely so you know when we think of this you know we're talking about buying opportunities um we think of how it's recovered so crazy and you know we we see that some people are kind of like oh i should have bought in march and, and there's this sort of like regret so um I guess today, how can young adults kind of um, make the most uh, of the market right now? What's what's going on right now, um, and and how can um, 
all of us really uh, seize the opportunity that's in front of us uh, with respect to investing, personal finance, et cetera. So now we're getting to my investment strategy and my outlook on the markets. Okay, great. So the markets <laughs> and Bitcoin and everything else is an all, at all-time high right now. So we are in the middle of, uh, well, at the end of an election year. And there has never been an election like this before because one side of the country still thinks the election is not over, whereas the other side of the country is already celebrating and it's literally half and half. So there is a chance that one in two people that are, are um, listening to this today are in either side of the political realm. I, I'll be, I don't know what you, who your audience is, but um, normally just looking at the market, that at the stock price, just objectively and just forgetting about all the chaos that is going on. So, so far we have, again, well, president-elect or the media project, depending on who you talk to. I don't want to get political here. So okay, no <laughs> I don't know no what worry. to say. It's, <laughs> it's very hard to be politically correct at this time because everybody's going to, no matter what you say, somebody's going to get offended. But uh, normally what happens going into the election day, if going into the election day, the market is, gonna, is going up, which was the case this time around, December and November, uh, I'm sorry, November and December also uh, end up in green. And the first year of first-time presidents also uh, normally has been good in terms of market um, appreciation, in terms of value. So, but on top of this, this, this year we also have COVID. And so there's a lot of uncertainties going out, going down. My personal, very personal opinion, it's just my opinion, is that because we just had the vaccine news come out and because we just came out of an election day and all the things that are going on, the corona vaccine kind of hyped up the market a little bit more. And the election also, you know, whatever result that you perceive that is out, again, half of the country think one thing and the other half think another thing, people are happy. That's why the stock market is continuing to go up. And um, this is a very classic case of buying the rumor, because if you think about it, the corona vaccine is not out yet. The news is out. The president has not actually been changed or sworn in or whatever. The second term has not begun. We're still in the same era as we were like last month and two months ago. So these are all rumors that is exciting the market and normally what happens is that, so the phrase on Wall Street is buy the rumor, sell the news. So I am expecting personally a pullback, not a market crash, like what we saw last year. And uh, uh, it wasn't last year, <laughs> feels like feels last like year. It. In, Mar <laughs> in March of 2020. Um, but I kind of my personal view is that we, we, we could see a pullback. And, but again, if you want a dollar cost average and you're holding a long-term, you know, just buy every yeah, month and, just buy, and, yeah. and just don't panic if the markets crash and continue buying and um, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be good. But I mean, so that is about price action, but of course you really want to invest in things that you understand and you think they have potential for growth in the next five to 10 years. Cause really the next two months is going to be incredibly impossible to really know what's going to happen. So 
it, it, it is very crazy out there. There's so many different things that are going on. Uh, so, Kiana, my last question for you. Um, you know, we haven't talked too, too much about personal finance and, and money in general. Uh, but, you know, what what is one thing uh, that sets apart successful people from unsuccessful people with money? What's what's the one thing that you, you know, talk to your students about and, and genuinely believe in? That, that makes that difference between somebody who handles their money and is going to thrive and maybe somebody who isn't? So there are two components to this. There is successful with money and then there is successful with investing. But um, successful with money is people who understand that it's not about how much you make, but it's about how much you make that money work for you, right? So, or how you handle it, how much you save, how much you grow that money. And that's why I'm passionate about investing because we see lottery winners just losing all their money. It's because they don't know how to handle it. Why don't they know how to, hand, how to handle it? It's because they're not educated. It's like simple as that. It's like really basic understanding of, hey, pay your credit card debt, right? Like don't be in debt. Don't pay interest on credit cards. Like real basic financial literacy that should be taught in high schools and is not. And you can learn about them, just pick up a bunch of books, learn about them, educate yourself and, and, and start budgeting and then start investing. The sooner you start investing, the better off you're going to be. Uh, I actually just put a TikTok out there because you said you follow me on TikTok. It's about how you can make your kid a millionaire. I target moms, right? So I just if, watched that. I know. So <laughs> it's I actually did the math. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. So if the day that you're child is born, you set aside, you invest 50 bucks per month, not just save, invest 50 bucks per month in below average index fund. So market average year by year, year over year is like eight to 10%, let's say 6%. <laughs> let's say your return per year is only 6%. Um, by the time there are 20, your, your kid is, I said 20, was it 20 or 18? Uh, they're going to have maybe 18. Yeah. 18, They're going to have yeah. $20,000 on at that compound rate. Uh, whereas they have, you have saved $10,000. It's double to 20,000. If they continue at the same exact uh, compound interest until they're 65, they're going to have $1 million. They're going to be a millionaire. And of course in 65 years, yes, inflation, yes. $1 million in 65 years, is not going to be the same as the 1 million here, but guess what? You've saved $40,000 in that whole 65 years, of course, $40,000 is a lot less than a million dollars, even in 65 years. So you want to be investing. That just shows the power of investing. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that's that's really all I have for you today, Kiana. You were amazing. Uh, we talked about cryptocurrency and money and uh, markets and what what's going on. So I feel I feel great, and I hope uh, the audience does as well. Uh, really quick, just kind of tell everybody where they can find you because I mean, I think where can't you find you, in my opinion? But kind of kind of share some of the some of the stuff where they can check out. Right. So, I mean, the best place to go is obviously my website because sometimes I get impersonators on, on the social media. So the, the website is investdiva.com, D-I-V-A.com. But then my handle on Instagram is investdiva. I'm now verified. So, you know, it's not the impersonator. So that's great. Uh, on Facebook also, I go by both investdiva and Kiana Danielle on Twitter. I have also, also both TikTok. I'm pretty fun. So if your audience is younger, uh, it's at Kiana Danielle. So. Awesome. <laughs> they can find me there. 
Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure to chat and I, I hope to uh, have you back on soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. So there you have it, my friends. Uh, was such an honor to sit down with Kiana and just chat and talk about cryptocurrency, which I uh, never really talk about too much. And I, you know what, I might actually do an episode on and do some research on it. Uh, it'd be really interesting. But you know, it was really cool to talk about that. And you know, uh, you know, her prospects and what she thinks is going to happen in the market and just, you know, all kinds of great stuff. And, uh, you know, very accomplished person on the podcast to have. So I was really honored to chat with her. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I hope you learned a little bit more about cryptocurrency and other uh, forms of investing. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're new here, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, throwing me on and and listening to the end here. I really appreciate you guys. If you haven't started investing again, go check out Wealthsimple. Uh, The two links are in my bio. I love Wealthsimple trade. I love Wealthsimple invest. So uh, go check it out. Thank you guys again. I've said thank you a million times. I'll say it a trillion times. Uh, (laughs) But uh, for now, I'm out this mother. Peace.